Hey, this is Kevin Kelly, and you are listening to the Stardom Cast. And welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom. I'm your host, Rob Goodwin, and I am joined as ever by the handsome, the debonair gentleman himself, Mr. Matt Turner. Matt, how are you this fine Wednesday? I'm fantastic, my friend. How are you doing? Everything A-OK over there in the wonderful world that is Rob Goodwin? Honestly, can't complain. Can't complain. Um, We had a little bit of a family issue earlier on the week. Turned out to be um, nothing, which is is excellent. So, unfortunately, you won't hear my voice on on this week's alternate commentary. I apologize for that. But uh, otherwise, Matt, it has been a fairly boring but quiet and nice week i made soup today and that might seem like the most boring thing in the world but for a man who cannot cook who burns cornflakes who'd somehow ruin ice it is a big step in the right direction my friend and i tell you what it was bloody lovely well congratulations sir congratulations i guess we better give the uh the forewarning right at hand folks we have a little bit less than two hours to do this show now if you're new to the podcast and we do have new listeners all the time and we thank you for that and hope you enjoy your stay with us you may say matt rob two hours to do a podcast is a long time well (laughs) we had one show to cover last week and we went over two hours so some of the stuff we apologize we're just gonna have to speed up but i think that uh, you guys and gals will have a fun time on the ride that is the stardom cast. I do love the fact that you've said that because last week we also gave a warning because we only had the five star Grand Prix special show in Hiroshima to review last uh, last week. And we prefaced the podcast by saying, yeah, this is probably going to be one of the shortest ones, guys. Don't you worry if you've got things to do. You will bash this out in an hour. It'll be fine. Just under two hours later. And it was like, how the hell have we talked for two hours on one shit. Honestly, it defies belief sometimes, the ridiculous things we come out with. But it's the patter that the people enjoy, Matt. Well, you know, we really enjoy stardom. And uh, we haven't mentioned it in two or three weeks, so let's mention it. So when you come over next year for Philly Mania, <laughs> the fact that we're going to have like four or five days of unlimited time and unlimited alcohol, uh, there's going to be a lot of stardom chat, chat. There may be a 24-hour straight chat of stardom chat between me and you, my friend. <laughs> Tell us if you want to hear that as a live stream on Patreon. <laughs> um, just me and Matt getting progressively more and more trolleyed as we uh, <laughs> as we talk about stardom and come up with wilder and wilder booking theories. Um, 
Yeah, why not? We'll stick it on. We'll do for charity. Um, Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, as Matt said, uh, we can't dilly-dally this week because uh, we've got to be gone within two hours. That's the self-imposed time limit this week because of uh, my pressing commitments of playing football against people considerably better than me. Um, But before I do that, it would be incredibly rude, Matt, if I didn't ask, how was your weekend including Alice Cooper and Rob Zombie? And, of course, including your first tag team match in quite a few months, I believe, with Andy Hennig. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, right around a year, right around a year. Uh, Friday was Alice Cooper and Rob Zombie. That was a really fun time. Again, got to hang out with my dad and my best my best friend, Jeff. So uh, that was uh, – it, it was fun. Alice Cooper was great for a guy who's been – a guy got to be in his late 60s, early 70s. He, uh, he, was, he absolutely rocked. Nina Strauss – was uh his guitar i i thought she left alice cooper but uh, she was there and i uh it was funny because i looked over my dad i said hey you know what me and that uh really pretty uh guitar player have in common he's like what's that i go we were both on talk is jericho <laughs> anyway <laughs> yes. i can get myself over anyway and i believe she played nakamura out to the ring at wrestlemania 34 in new orleans uh she did indeed. but uh but that was great my dad's never seen rob zombie i've seen him about a dozen times so he absolutely loved that so that was a good time and then uh saturday was not a good time not only was the match absolutely trash but rob as tomorrow <laughs> we are scheduled to uh we are scheduled to record our alternate commentary episode so you will see firsthand my swollen and black and blue eye um i take full responsibility for the match being bad i always will i don't care if there's 84 people in the match or there's two people in the match or if it's a 40 person battle royal and i'm only in there for the first five minutes if i'm in a match it is bad i take fully responsibility so uh yeah, that was that. But however, it was at a uh, the shining light, the positive of it, Rob Good. When you know me, I look at the positive of everything. The shining light and the positive was uh, it was at a comic book convention, which uh, my daughter did cosplay. And uh, not only did Andy Hedder cosplay for, but he didn't even change out of his, into his wrestling gear. He cosplayed <laughs> as the character. It was more of an animation con. And I only know a little bit about anime. My daughter loves anime. I'm mostly the, you know, give me Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, like your, your, your meat and potatoes of comic book. Um, so I have no idea who he was. He explained to me who he was and that his finisher is a German suplex. And I was like, oh, we have a finisher where I hit the uh, rolling elbow into the German suplex. He's like, that should be our finish. And I was like, there we go. Book the finish there. But again, the uh, silver lining was that Lily had a really, really good time at the con so i was really happy about that but accents do happen in the ring um i sent you the picture actually I, what i did is i was smart about this rob and i'm not always smart so i knew that my eye was uh, pretty well swollen and the they had the doctor come take a look at it and nothing was broke and uh you know that was the one good thing and i was like well and I, as soon as i'm done wrestling i always check on make sure everybody's okay and then i text my wife let her know that i'm done and that i'm okay so I had, you know, this is just my tradition. So I have to text her, let her know that my eye got pretty well swollen, pretty well, you know, took an elbow to the eye and that uh, I wasn't a hundred percent, but that I would be okay. And I know that she was going to be quite upset. And uh, so what I did is I took a picture of my eye and uh, before I sent it to her, I sent it to you. I was like, yeah, I'll send it to Rob first. You know, it was a good chuckle. So, and again, the smart thing about this was, is by the time I got done, cleaned up and got home, it'd probably be about a little over an hour. So this would have give Amber a little bit of time to calm down. So, um, and rightfully so she's, you know, I'm 41 years old. My body's all sort of, sorts of beat up from pro wrestling and by no means in my, you know, pity party for Matt Turner. This is, it's the job you get into. And I take, I take full responsibility and I love every second of it. And I regret absolutely nothing. And I'm going to continue to wrestle until literally my wheels fall off. So 
sent her the picture and she's like, well, you know, as long as nothing's broke, it's really not that bad. You'll probably have a black eye. The swelling's going to go down probably in about an hour. So I said, yeah, that's what the doctor said. I said, it really doesn't really not in my line of vision. It really doesn't hurt. It just, it's just going to look nasty. So by the time I got home and took a shower, I sat down and uh, I was sitting next to her and she took a picture of my black and blue eye and um, she started sending it to a whole bunch of people including my parents, my aunts, my uncles, my friends, and uh, pretty much everybody said, but, and she didn't describe what happened. Pretty much everyone said, it's about time you punched him in the face, Amber. 11 years of marriage, <laughs> it's about time you punched him in the face. And Rob Goodwin and to the fine folks of the Stardomcast, the only person that came to my aid was my sweet mother-in-law when she said, leave him alone. If anything, you should kiss it to make it feel better. But everybody else was on her side. <laughs> there you go. And... Uh... Just to sort of put a little bow on this, I just want to uh, make two observations. The first thing, uh, when we compare weekends, Matt Turner went to go and see two greats of the rock industry and Alice Cooper and Rob Zombie, and then goes and wrestles and gets his face bashed into a billion pieces. I made soup, just to give you some indication of uh, the difference in our weekends. Also, you mentioned Alice Cooper's age as being late 60s, 70s. The man is 75 whoa he rocked it dude he absolutely rocked it. i've never seen and i go to a lot of concerts rob as you know i've never seen alice cooper live before but he was absolutely fantastic this is a man who was born three years after world war ii and he's on the stage rocking it so uh yeah fair play to alice cooper i thought that was absolutely baffling he's been active since 1964 that's uh, that's incredible. Anyway, sorry, I just thought that was an interesting piece of trivia. Um, let's move on. Matt Turner. Uh, let's start with uh, our Patreon. What is going on this week? We have released Julia's 2020 Cinderella tournament win. That is on the Patreon, as well as Arissa Hoshinki defending the world, excuse me, world wonder of stardom championship against jungle. Kiona, the alternate commentary is on that for uh, alternate commentary. That's on there as well. And then coming up this next week, you will see not only Tam Nakano versus Mina Shirakawa champion versus champion title for title, but you will see firsthand my black eye, not for, not less some reason by this time tomorrow, it, uh, the swelling goes down. And I believe, I know we're, we're going to be uh, recording it as well, but I believe in the next week or so, we're going to be doing our All Japan uh, commentary, which will be uh, Dory and Terry Funk taking on the Sheik and Abdul the Butcher in what is one of the most wildest and heated matches in the history of All Japan Pro Wrestling. So uh, that is what has been released this past week. That's what's coming up next week. And then we have, obviously, so, so much more coming up on our absolutely loaded uh, Patreon feature there, Rob Goodwin. Indeed, um, that's... All Japan commentary will be dropping Sunday morning for our IWG patrons and above. Um, and obviously the all J- the um, Mina versus Tam alternate commentary that'll be dropping in your feeds if you are a um, high-speed patron and above. The audio will be dropping in your feeds on Monday. As usual, I apologise that the last two have been a little late. This week, unfortunately, there was absolutely nothing I could do about it. Um, And then if you are an IWGP patron or above, the video uh, will be dropping in your feeds at 5am British Standard Time on Tuesday. Um, I just wanted to take a brief moment just to thank everyone over on patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast you are all 
absolutely tremendous, including our brand new patron, Kolya Demak. Um, I apologize, Kolya, if I have mispronounce that please tell me if i've mispronounced it and i'll get it right next week um but thank you to every single one of you that is subscribed over there whether you are subscribed at the new blood tier of one dollar or whether you are one of those crazy people that subscribe to the red belt tier we massively thank each and every one of you you are all absolutely awesome um let's get stuck into some news from the stardom world then and the first thing and perhaps the most important thing that has come out of this week is that we have our goddess of stardom tag league lineups and the blocks so what i'll do is i'll read through these teams and uh, we'll sort of have a little bit of discussion moving forward afterwards so in the red goddess block we have got julia and tecla mafia bella Hazuki and Kogama, FWC, Siri and Saki Kashima, Utami Hayashishta and Lady C, the prominence team of Risa Sera and Kurumi Hiragi, um, the Club Venus team, sorry, I couldn't remember the, t- the faction <laughs> name then briefly, the Club Venus team of Venus Hirakawa and Waka Sukiyama, the Ueditai team of Natsuka Tora and Starlight Kid, and then the team of Suzu Suzuki and Mei Sailor. And then in the blue goddess block, we have got Micah and Megan Bain, uh, the stars team of Mayu Iwatani and Hanan, Saya Ida and Hanako, um, Mirai and Mei Sakurai, a team that was formed out of the Dream Tag Team Festival. Uh, we have got Meltia, Tam Nakano and Natsupoi, um, O2 Line, Azumi and Miyu Amasaki, Momo Watanabe and Ruaka and Amisori and Yuna Mizumori rounding out the field. Um, so two things immediately jumped to mind, two omissions. The first, of course, is that one half of the Goddess of Stardom tag champions in uh, Sioriano is not in the lineup. Natsupoi will be teaming with Tam as Meltier. And secondly, no Mariah May which I thought was interesting. So, Matt, I'd like, obviously, your take on Sayori Anno not being a part of it. Obviously, we know she's a freelancer. We know that she goes to other companies and does things. We also know that she is part of this New York Joshi promotion that's starting up. So she may have filming commitments over in New York during this time, which is why she's taking a step back from this tournament. And also, you know, is this the end of the run? for Mariah May. She debuted in the company in January. Um, There have been all sorts of rumours that she is, you know, AEW or WWE bound. There's many companies that have got their eyes on her, and rightly so. I think she's done an absolutely outstanding job, the foreign ace. And, you know, a nine-month tour is nothing to be sniffed at at all. And that's if she's leaving. She might be sitting this tournament out, doing some stuff, elsewhere and then coming back we don't know but matt what are your thoughts on those two what are your thoughts on some of these teams i think that uh with mariah and may not being in here especially what her and mina have done um really over the last five or six months just a fantastic team there that really short run as the goddess of stardom tag champs regardless of how short it was they were the tag champs so um i think that this is uh it, 
again, I could be wrong. I'm wrong all the time. You know, it's a part of my charm. I think that this is uh, <laughs> the reason why she's not she's not on this. I think she is basically telling them that she is either signing with AEW or the WWE. I think that for how much Mariah May loves wrestling and she loves stardom and loves teaming with Mina, you figured if they would have signed her to like a long-term contract or contract to the end of the year, I think her and Mina would have absolutely destroyed this tournament um, just because of just how well that they've been gelling and getting better each and every outing. So I think this is something that if she wasn't going to commit to uh, another of the, you know, of one of the two biggest companies, whether it be WWE or AEW, um, this is something that she would definitely want to do. So that would be my guess. Again, I could be wrong. You might be right. Maybe she has an injury or maybe she's just a little burnt out. Maybe wants to take a month or two off. That's a possibility, but my guess is that she's going to be either AEW or WWE bound. Um, and as far as uh, Sayoriano not being in this tournament, that's a possibility too. Uh, what you just mentioned, my friend, that she could be in New York filming for that new Joshi pro- promotion. However, the uh, the backup we get is Meltier. So you know, I mentioned last week, like, what do you do with <laughs> what do you do with that? Again, they did not go with my suggestion. Uh, stardom, you know, we we give you we give you so much gold on this podcast uh, that you really could have went with Natsupoy and Sayoriano in the blue block, and then Meltier in the red block. You know, uh, and then somebody did ask me like if if they are still the tag champs, if uh, <laughs> uh, Sayori Poi, as you call them, they're still the tag champs in Meltier. When the tag tournament, I was asked, what do you do from there? And I'm like, uh, "It's the answer is very simple. Give more of your money to stardom. Because the fact that you'll see Sayori Poi versus Meltier for the gods of stardom tag belts. I mean, what a world we live in. I mean, you know, again, here's another idea, stardom, you know, print money. We're literally giving you the code to print money all, all, all around the world. Um, one thing is, is, and we weren't sure how long Sai was going to be out with her injury. My uh, Sayakamatani, that is, my fingers were crossed that she would have made a big comeback on the Goddess of Stardom tournament with her and uh, uh, Utami, maybe making a run here, depending on what happens with uh, Utami during the uh, five-star Grand Prix. Obviously, she's not here. I would have much rather to see Utami and Azumi as a team, considering the fact that uh, come October 9th, I believe, they are getting a shot at the Goddess of Stardom tag, to- tag tournament. But at the same time, Azumi has been teaming with Miyu Amasaki as O2 line. They teamed last year in the tournament and fared pretty well. And the fact that uh, Lady C will be uh, Utami's tag partner means that, fingers crossed, we will get to see the Holy Demon Army finish. I knew you'd be loving we, that. I yeah, knew you'd yeah. be loving that. <laughs> yes, again, I would love if, if if you asked me which team would you want, I would uh, much rather Utami and Azumi. However, again, Rob, let's be positive. What's the positive we get out of this? The fact that we may be able to see the Holy Demon Army finish a handful of times in this tournament. And for you folks that have not watched All Japan in the 90s, All Japan in the 90s is my favorite era of wrestling. And my second favorite tag team, of all time was Kawada and Tawe, the Holy Demon Army, and one of their uh, tag finishes was a uh, backdrop driver and a choke slam combination. Or sometimes they would do the German suplex and uh, choke slam combination, which we've seen Utami and Lady C do a handful of times over the last year or two in tag matches and multi-person matches. So uh, that's a possibility. That's a possibility. We are uh, Wingori. No Wingori in this one. However, again, let's look at the positive of it. I think. Mayu's best tag partner, as far as straight up tag partners goes in this version of Stars, is Hanan. You know, as much as I love 
Hazuki. Hazuki, her and Kogama should be a tag team, and they are in this tournament. I thought Peach Rock last year, her and Momo Kogo were really great as a team, but I think Mayu and Hanan, uh, that is probably the second best tag team in stars with FWC, Hazuki, and Kagama being the other. And uh, Black Desire, they broke up, not broke up Black Desire, but they split them up in this tournament. I kind of wish that they didn't, but it's going to be interesting to see what Momo does with Ruwaka and Tora, who they've been pushing to the moon in this year's five-star, what they do with Starlight Kid. So yeah, there's some interesting teams in here, and uh, some of them are kind of head-scratchers, and I know we've, there's been... Uh, a decent amount of negativity on uh, Twitter or X or whatever it's called this week on some of these teams. First of all, folks, relax. It's stardom. There's no way that these matches are going to be bad. All these wrestlers are fantastic. Uh, so let's just pump the brakes a little bit. And uh, I think that my early prediction, not putting any money on it, to win this tournament is I think there's a possibility they may go back-to-back on having outsiders win. I think with, uh, and I don't mean Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, I think Risa Sarah and Karumi Haragi, I think they're my early pick to win this tournament just based on the running they did at the uh, Dream Tag Festival and how they were kind of built up and look very dominant in that run-in that uh, I think that might be a possibility where they go, but we shall see come next month. Yeah, um, there's, there was a I think you put it perfectly where you said there is a couple of head-scratching teams, but don't forget, when New Japan does their World Tag League, they never put the strongest people together ever. You know, so many years people have been crying for um, Hiroki Goto and Tomohiro Ishii, and they they were never put together ever. So, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, The one thing that I'm a little bit um, not confused by, you know, it, it is what it is, is, you know, they broke up the new eras um, who are former Goddess of Stardom Tag Team Champions. They broke up Black Desire, who are former Goddess of Stardom Tag Team Champions. They broke up BMI 2000, who were one of the standouts of last year's tournament. Um, they seem to have a lot of ready-made teams. Wingori, as you already mentioned, um, they broke up a lot of ready-made teams to create. And, you know, I know that it will be a case of wanting to create fresh matchups and fresh dynamics. And I think that's the key here. You know, you don't want to see too much of the same of, you know, Toru and Ruwaka having the exact same tournament again um, as they did last year. Whereas here we've now got a fresh dynamic in Toru and Starlight Kid having fresh matchups with, you know, other teams. And I think that's probably where they're going with that. Um, otherwise, you know, we'd have had Utami Hayashishta and Azumi because they're going for the for the Goddess of Stardom tag belt on October 9th. Um, it is worth mentioning, of course, that O2 Line have a um, title shot coming up in New Blood, which we'll be talking about in a moment. Um, I do like your idea, um, and I'll give you my prediction in a moment. The one big, not negative, the one big sort of thing that I've seen is that they have been building Megan Bain and Maysera as this sort of complete odd couple. And I will be perfectly honest, on the undercard of some of these shows, Megan Bain and Maysera have been the thing to watch. They are incredibly entertaining. You know, the way that they've grown without Megan Bain becoming a comedy act, I think has been really, really good. Their chemistry is tremendous and they seem to be building and building and building and then they've broken them up and it's Suzu Suzuki and Maysera and Micah and Megan Bain. Now, that's obviously the negative. However, the positive 
is we get Micah and Megan Bain. And that... And, and May Sarah and Suzu Suzuki, who are just coming off one of the best tag matches of the year. So Exactly. Okay. Exactly. You, you can't have it always. And I must admit, Micah and Megan Bain are my early favorites for the tournament. Ooh. Yeah. Um... I, honestly, I don't see who beats them. Um, apart from maybe Melted. It is worth noting as well that we don't actually know currently, hopefully someone will be able to tell us, whether Blue Block are going to be fighting against Blue Block or if Blue oh, yeah. Block are going to be against Red Block, which means we see the final twice. We also don't know if there is going to be semi-finals or if it's just going to be a straight final um so fingers crossed it is blue goddess block fighting blue goddess block red goddess red goddess block and then meeting in a final just because then we haven't already seen the final when it gets to the final um but otherwise i think it's quite a solid lineup i think my wibitani and hannon especially after you know the tournament hannon's had in the five star she's done really well um i think her and mariah may in the Dream Tag Festival were perhaps the most entertaining part of that of a very, very, very good show. Um and I think it's nice to see Hannon branch out and do different things. It wouldn't surprise me if Mayu and Hannon do pretty well in this tournament and come top half of the block. Um but it's going to be interesting, certainly. Let's move on then from the Goddess of Storm Tag League and look ahead to New Blood 11, uh, which we had a press conference for, as well as um, the Nagoya show on the 9th of October, which we'll be talking about later on in the show. Um, but the New Blood 11 card reads as follows. Hina versus Kazuna Tanaka versus Hanako. Um, Sexy Dynamite Princess versus Wakasukiyama versus Tekla. Um, Lady C versus Ruaka. The latest Passion Injection match, Meisera versus Nene Takahashi. Um, Cosmic Angels Membership Assessment, Yuna Mori versus Tam Nakano. And then we've got two title matches at the top of the card. We've got Future of Stardom Championship match, Rina the Champion taking on Azusa Inaba of Just Tap Out. Of course, she laid down the challenge at the start of the 9th of September Corican show. We'll be talking a little bit about that show later on. Um, and the New Blood Tag Team Championships are on the line in a three-way with Starlight Kid and Karma the Champions taking on Wingori and O2 Line. So overall, Matt, another solid New Blood 11 card. I'm excited for Sexy Dynamite Princess to get the big win here and then clearly clearly get the big push to uh, beat Roman Reigns for the uh, double titles and be the one to end that reign. I mean, that's, that's where you got to go with it, right? I mean, the writing's on the wall. How do you not see that, correct? It's only a matter of time, um, especially as her identity is such a closely guarded secret. Um, she is, for all intents and purposes, the Batman of the stardom universe. No one truly knows the identity of Sexy Dynamite Princess. 
Yeah, not only that, you mentioned the card here. Uh, the fact that there is no Mariah May on this show to be found may go to the fact that, like I said before, maybe she's on her way to AEW or WWE. <laughs> so, so since she's not on this show at all, hey, let's lean into the gimmick, brother. Uh, all joking aside, yeah, it's another solid New Blood card. I'm really looking forward to see what the, what Tam and Yuna, what they're going to do there because I just – the booking's really interesting because, like, I don't see really Tan dropping an L when she's got the red belt. I mean, it would be cool and make Yuna a, a bigger deal. Now, unless it goes to a time limit draw or Tan beats her with just seconds left and then says, yeah, you can join. That's a possibility. Maybe that'll make up a little better shine on Tam considering the uh, her joining uh, – Trying to join Cosmic Angels has not gone the best way. I'm not going to get into it. The biggest Tam fan in the world. I don't like uh, the kind of gimmick they were going with. So maybe it goes that way. Uh, Azusa Inaba versus Rina is going to be fantastic. Considering the fact that these two, uh, their combined age is 30. It's absolutely <laughs> insane. And the fact they could absolutely steal the show. And then what I'm assuming is the main event, that three-way dance with uh, Karma, Starlight Kid, versus, uh, defending the New Blood tag belts against uh, Wingori and uh, O2 Line. That is going to be an absolute barn burner. So overall, yeah, super solid show. But I think just like the last New Blood, I could be wrong, partner. And if I am, please correct me. I don't think this one's going to be uh, live-streamed on YouTube. I think we have to wait a day or two until it goes up on Stardom World, correct? It's funny you should mention that, because it's like you're weeding over my shoulder, Mr. Turner. It was literally my next point. Um, obviously, Stardom's YouTube channel growing incredibly. I believe they've just hit 800,000 subscribers. Um, and they've taken the New Blood shows off them. Um, do you like that, or do you think that's a bit strange personally i really enjoyed the fact that the new blood shows were streamed on youtube it was different um it was sort of a gateway into you know this is some of what you can see over on stardom world it was like just a little bit of a taster for uh for those people who are umming and ahhing about getting into stardom and you know Yes, it is the, in inverted commas, the future of stardom. But you look at this card, you've got the one, the World of Stardom champion on there, a former World of Stardom champion in the night, Agahashi. You've got Starlight Kid and Azumi, two of the best up-and-coming, I say up-and-coming wrestlers, two of the best wrestlers, full stop, in the world. And then you've got people like Hanan, Star, um, Hanan, Sayurida, and people like that who are on this card as well. It's a good, solid card. I'm slightly disappointed that it appears that the the sort of time for them to be on uh, YouTube seems to have passed, especially as they seem to be working towards growing that uh, that fan base. Yeah, you figured, I mean, my my pick, or not my pick, what I think what they should do is maybe they should even give a show away, like maybe once every three months, like a Cork and Hall show or a KBS Hall show. Just be like, hey, you know, you're looking to get into stardom. We have, we're close to them we're close to a million subscribers and i think if they were to do that maybe you know once every two months where hey it's a big show we're going to give it away free on youtube either stream it live or as soon as it's over go back and you know put it up on youtube as kind of like hey we have this huge following a lot of people are beating on the doors asking about stardom i know me and you get questions all the time asking certain things about stardom i just got into stardom i'm trying to get into stardom that would be an easy way because i highly doubt that if anybody watching those shows that will be for free on youtube i highly doubt that anybody watching them will say ah this is just all right i think they'll be absolutely blown away i mean can you imagine somebody seeing a zoomy and starlight kid in the ring for the first time 
like their minds would absolutely melt. And this would be an opportunity to stream it on YouTube because Azumi and Starlight Kid are in the ring at the same time in this match. So, uh, yeah, that's, I think, what they should do. Why they're not doing it, I don't know. You know, obviously, there's smarter people that work for stardom than me. I'm not going to say you, Rob, because you are a pretty smart fella. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's, uh, it's just kind of weird. It's kind of weird because they did, I think, the first, other New Blood Premium, the first, like, seven or eight uh, New Blood shows, they streamed live on YouTube. And it uh, looks like they were just going to have to wait a day or two for it to go up on stardom world however though we have to once again give our props to find people over at stardom world because with the blistering schedule that they have with all these five stars show coming out 24 to 36 hours later these shows are up on stardom world and the production quality has gotten so much better everything's crisper it's clearer uh the camera work is better the crowds are mic'd better so uh yeah a little upsetting that we're not getting it live on the stardom world but we cannot uh you know misstep or we cannot not put over how fantastic the people at Stardom World are for getting these shows up in the timely manner they are with the quality that we've been getting lately. Yeah, the turnaround has been significantly, significantly improved, and uh, it's it's all the better for it. So I suppose if we were to sacrifice watching the new Blood shows live on YouTube and it meant we are getting the shows quicker on Stardom World, I'm happy with that sacrifice. We're still going to be seeing New Blood. It'll just take a day or so to uh, to watch it live. It's funny you should mention Stardom World, actually, because um, the last little bit, it's not technically Stardom News, but New Japan announced that there will be, um, at some point towards the tail end of this year, a brand new New Japan World app, um, which will be a dedicated app for Android, for iOS. New Japan World is going to be sort of completely redone um, rather than... At the moment, I believe the app is just a uh, sort of directs you to the website. Um, so this is apparently a brand new thing. And uh, it sort of made me think, like, are we maybe with Bushi Road owning both? Could we dare to dream, Matt, of a Stardom World app? Do we dare dream? And if we were to dream just for a moment, what features would you like to see on a Stardom World app? I would like, I mean, the obvious one would be every single live Meltier performance would be, I mean, just, I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, oh, and then the wrestling, of course. Uh, I mean, the way, if they, if they were just to take the, the website and literally just convert that into an app to make it a lot easier, um, and, you know, you have the translation there and then obviously the, the other matches that are missing. There's so many matches that are missing on Stardom, on Stardom World. Even what you and I consider the greatest match in the history of Stardom is uh, the from the year-end climax with Mayu and Io. That's not on there. Now, you can find it on YouTube, and I have it on every single Mayu and Io and Stardom DVD and Blu-ray that I have. But if they can kind of maybe complete some of those puzzles. Like, I would love to see Io's entire high-speed run. I would love to see some of those early five-stars, like a good majority of them. Um, I believe the first cinderella tournament that mayu wins is not on there at all i'm i'm I'm, actually i'm almost positive because when we were doing the patreon for a merry mayu christmas i wanted to put that um that which was last year during christmas time hence merry mayu christmas i wanted to put that as an option and i was like oh it's nowhere to be found it's not on here so i would love to see that i you know what dare i say this rob i hope you're sitting down i would rather see them fill in a lot of the gaps that are missing on stardom world 
than every single Meltier live performance. How about that? My God. I, I did have sort of this vision of you saying you wanted some sort of step-by-step dance tutorial for the Meltier dance. You know when you go to like an arcade and you've got those dance mats and you've got to do, put your foot in time with the arrows. I thought you were going to say something like that. Um, but no, they, I've done that on their Twitter. A couple months ago, they had it on their Twitter. Did they, where they did that. Yeah, I think I even... I think I even retweeted you, and I think I tagged you in it. Oh, yes. He's probably going to ignore this or just no-sell it, as you should, sir. (laughs) Um, I'll I'll go one step further, Matt. I would much rather Stardom World, and I know that obviously the way TV deals work in Japan is completely different, and um, the the matches and shows that they put out aren't actually property of Stardom. I believe they're property of whatever television station, Samurai TV or whatever it was that are putting out the programming. So they might not actually have the rights to their own stuff in that case. I think that's how it works anyway, um, which is why we haven't got, sort of, you know, things like Mayu versus EO from two, uh, from the end of 2016. I would much rather Stardom will be able to put those types of matches on there than have an app or something like that. I think that would be so much better because I think if you look at Stardom World, I think they've got one show from 2014. Is it 2014 they've only got one show from? I don't know off the top of my head. There's one year where they've got like one or maybe two shows. Um, So if they could fill some of those gaps, it would be phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Again, I don't know how difficult that would be or how costly that would be. And again, you know, I, you said it before, Matt, wiser people than us work at stardom. So uh, that, that would be my dream if we were dare to dream. Um, Let's move on then to the three shows that we are going to be reviewing. Um, We are two nights deeper into the Five Star Grand Prix. And then, of course, on the 10th, a mere three days ago, we had the Stardom Dream Tag Festival from Yokohama Budokan, which was an incredible amount of fun. I can't wait to talk to you about that. But first, we need to go all the way back to the 2nd of September. If you remember on last week's episode, we did say it dropped at a time when neither me or Matt could actually watch it in time to record. So uh, we said that we'd tag it on to this episode. Obviously, I know that because this was over seven days ago, we've actually already talked about results and things that have happened in relation to the shows that we have watched. So I know that some of this won't come as a surprise to you. So we'll whip through it as as quickly as we can. But this was night 13 of the Five Star Grand Prix from Fukuyama Industrial Exchange Center Big Rose. Fukuyama Hiroshima in front of 408 people. The results are as follows. In singles action, Starlight Kid defeated Tekla with the Black Tiger Leg Killer in 8 minutes and 28 seconds. Uh, in a tag team match, the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano and Yuna Mizumori defeated the Queen's Quest team of Lady C and Miyu Amasaki with Tam pinning Lady C with the Violet shooting in 5 minutes and 3 seconds. In a six-woman tag match, we then saw the odd bod team of Micah Meiseira and Suzu Suzuki defeating the even more odd bod team of Hanako, Megan Bain and Momo Kobe. 
Kogo with Micah pinning Momokogo with the Sazanka. Um, in a tag match, we then have the God's Eye team of Konami and Suri defeating the God's Eye team of Mirai and Saki Kashima in 10 minutes and 10 seconds. Konami submitting Saki with the Triangle Lancer. Don't forget that was the match that set up our... Uh, Amurai and Konami white belt match in Hiroshima. And then we get some five-star matches. Utami Hayashishta moves to six points, defeating Mariah May, who stays on six points, pinning her with the torture rack bomb in nine minutes and 41 seconds. Also in blue block, and I could just see this result coming, Azumi moves to six points, defeating Mina Shirakawa, who stays on six points in 10 minutes and 53 seconds with the Azumi Sushi. Uh, in the semi-main event, blue block again, Julia moves to seven points, defeating Momo Watanabe, who stays on six points in 10 minutes and 28 seconds with the Northern Lights Bomb. And then in your main event in the red block, Mayu Iwatani moves to seven points, defeating the impressive Amisori, who stays on four points in 10 minutes and 32 seconds with a Hurricane Rana. Um, Matt, what did you think of this show? The undercard matches were all pretty solid. The fact that we had a one-on-one Starlight Kid versus Tekla match was a nice little treat. But again, for the sake of time, let's go into the meat and potatoes of this show. Let's talk about these matches from the five-star Grand Prix. We obviously start, as you said, sir, in the Blue Stars block with one Mariah May taking on one Utami Hayashista. This was a good match. Uh, went under 10 minutes. I wish it would have got another minute or two for them to maybe flush out a little bit of a better story. But um, not that the story was was bad. By all means, these two absolutely crush it. This was a really great match. It was uh, Mariah May really brought the chops and the kicks and the forearms to the former world of stardom champion. But you know that when you hit Utami as hard as you do early on in the match that you're going to get it back. So uh, Utami was able to counter with a lot of clotheslines, hit a huge sliding lariat, and then started to work on Mariah May's neck to set up for the uh, the torture rack bomb. But Mariah May uh, escapes the torture rack bomb. We get a really nice false finish that a lot of people bid on was the once upon a time roll up that Mariah May used earlier on in the tournament to pin Momo Watanabe. Um, eventually, Utami's able to kick out. She comes back with the air raid crash and the torture rack bomb combination win uh, for or for the pin. Um, and I gave that match four stars. We go on to the Blue Stars block. I absolutely love this match with Azumi and Mina Shirakawa. I've noticed Azumi entering this tournament, Rob. She's wrestling more like of a counter wrestler. Like she's baiting her opponents into do something just to show her ring IQ. Again, she's like 21, 22 years old, but she's been wrestling for like 14 years. <laughs> something crazy like that. <laughs> but like just show her ring. Like we saw it in their, their Cork and Hall match, uh, main event against Utami, where like she was baiting her fellow uh, Queen's quest stablemate into doing some things only to be able to hit those ridiculous canadian destroyers and it's very much like this with mina so azumi tries high speed early on to bait mina into going for the leg and uh and it's just azumi's able to counter all the leg work eventually uh mina does get to the leg but it's almost like azumi wanted her to get to the leg because she picks her up for the torture rack or not torture rack the electric chair um dragging through her leg whip and then uh 
uh, Azumi's able to counter, and that's how she's able to get the the advantage back. And then Azumi, her head kicks, especially those low head kicks, are so underrated. She's such a great striker. Really great back and forth submissions with the figure four and the La Mystica into the armbar. And then there's one point again where Mina is again going to the leg, and Azumi again. Maybe this is just me watching this. She baits Mina into going for the leg. She throws the low drop kick, and how does Azumi counter the low drop kick? By jumping up and double stomping Mina Shirakawa on the way down. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. I know a lot of people that I talked to, they did not like this match as much as I did. They're like, why is Azumi a high-speed wrestler letting Mina going going to the leg? I'm like, I see this match completely different. I see Azumi again being a counter wrestler, baiting Mina into going for the leg. Uh, at this point, the crowd is really, really hot. Great selling from both Mina and Azumi on the different body parts. Again, Mina, figure four on Azumi's leg. Uh, Azumi, uh, the Azumi Sushi, or, or the, uh, the La Mystica going into the numero uno onto Mina's arm. So you have the back and forth. And again, they're both baby faces. So the crowd's into both of them. They just want to see, just like me, a good match. And the crowd is really, really hot. Um, uh, then we eventually see Azumi, like I said, hitting that crazy double stomp, going to the Azumi Sushi for a two count. And then she goes for the La Mystica, but then the La Mystica is countered. Mina is able to stack the La Mystica for a two count. Then she figures, well, it makes sense. I have her down here. So then she rolls up Azumi in the glamorous co- uh, collection Mina to try to get the win. But you don't roll up Azumi. That's what, again, it's what she wants you to do. Because, okay, now I'm down here. So then she gets the double Azumi Sushi for the three count. Ten minutes, 53 seconds, four and a half stars. Rob, you mentioned before you did not get a chance to see the show yet, correct? No, I haven't had a chance to watch this show yet. De- definitely go out of your way. I mean, again, the whole show is really good. All the five-star matches are good. But if you're only going to watch two matches from this show, Azumi versus Mina, again, for the reasons I just said, just the brilliance and the genius that is Azumi and this match we're going to talk about with all due respect to Mayu versus Ami. Sorry. They absolutely crushed it. To me, this should have been the main event. You have Julia Momo Watanabe. You remember how violent their match was last year at last year's five star. This one was just as violent, just as good. If not better, it starts out with, of course, Momo Watanabe. What part, what group is she with Rob? I want a tie. And what does a way to tie got to do? They got a way to tie. They got to jump. A way to tie's got to a way to tie, my man. Always. <laughs> I love it. We got to get it. We get you a shirt that says a way to tie's got a way to tie. Uh, so we get a crazy brawl to start the match. And I found out maybe about a day or two after I watched this match that it's heavily rumored that Julia's wrestling these matches with a bruised tailbone. And considering how good this match was and how good her match was uh, in Cork and Hall and how good her match was at the uh, Dream Tag Festival, she's wrestling with a bruised tailbone. That just shows you how tough she is and how awesome she is. I was going to ask this because in the Micah match at Cork and Hall, every time she hit the mat, you could see... And there's a very big difference between being able to sell beautifully and it just being real. And you could tell... And I hadn't seen anything to say she was working hurt, but you could tell during that match especially that she was struggling a little bit. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, And, and considering the fact that the three Julia matches we're going to talk about were all fantastic, this was my favorite one of the show. Uh, so, of course, we get a crazy brawl, which the ref gets distracted, which, again, if you're a tie, they're going to cheat. The ref has to get distracted. So, of course, we get a crazy Momo Watanabe bat shot. She tries to go to use it again, but then Julia picks up one of the uh, signs that basically tells you what section you're in. And then basically we almost have like a Star Wars, Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, uh, you know, fight off with this. 
eventually Julia gets the bat. And here's the one part of the match I kind of dislike, but I understand. Julia gets the bat, and she gets ready to hit Momo with it. And in my head, Rob, you've done this podcast with me for about two years now. You know what I'm going to say. I've got no problem if you're going to cheat or use a weapon. Don't do it in front of the ref. Now, granted, they're in about the sixth row. And I'm like, I hope just the ref is still distracted by the 84 members of a widow tie. And then guess who appears right on my screen watching everything? The referee right there. So Julia decides to whip it. Poor Momo. I can't say poor Momo Watsonabi. She brought the bat in. She, this is her doing, right? She just beats the crap out of Momo with this bat right in front of the referee. So obviously the one part's like, it should be a DQ. At the other point, it's like, it's the co-main event. It's Julia versus Momo. It's the fight's already into the crowd give it a little bit of leeway. So it's like, yeah, I kind of get that. And I know there's a lot of old school people that I talk to on, uh, on the Twitterverse and the Xverse and uh, Facebook and whatnot. They're like, shouldn't that be a disqualification? I'm like, I get it. I'm as old school as old school comes. But at the same time, it would have totally killed the crowd if you would have, if you would have thrown this one out four minutes in. So it's like, I get it. But sometimes you kind of got to bend the rules here a little bit. So, and I'm glad that uh, I believe it was Daichi was the referee that uh, they let this one go a little bit because then it just got even more violent without weapons. So Momo Watanabe comes in and she just kicks the crap out of poor Julia, uh, hits that really crazy low corner drop kick that she does the tree roll drop kick, punch Julia. And then uh, Julia's trying to sell her way to the ropes. So what does Momo do? He punts her. That sends Julia right out of the ring. So um, they go back to the floor. Uh, Julia is able to lock in the Black Widow submission onto the floor, which then uh, Momo Watanabe is able to reverse right into a B driver onto the floor, which was disgusting. Uh, Momo hits the second rope Samato, top rope Samato, bastard driver. What a combination that is for two count. Very much the combinations that we see you're using back in 2018 during that Wonder Stardom Championship run. Um, Julia is able to uh, block a kick, hits the uh, wrist clutch suplex uh, to create a little separation. Julia goes for the G-trigger. Momo blocks that, and she she transitions the G-trigger into the tequila sunrise. She goes for the peach sunrise. Julia is able to roll Momo up into the two-count. Uh, Julia hits that throat punch. <laughs> Again, I guess it's an open hand, as she, ha- as she always says when she punches poor Tam in the face. She does the throat punch into the G-trigger and then a falcon arrow for two. Um, then Julia is able to hit a backdrop driver and then plants Momo Watanabe into the middle of the mat in about 10 and a half, uh, 10 minutes, 30 seconds with the Northern Lights bomb. My favorite match of the show, four and three fourth stars. And one of my favorite matches of this tournament, Momo Watanabe, when you talk about the MVPs of this tournament, as we're all just about three weeks away from the finish of the tournament, you know, if Sherry, Mayu's one that comes up, Hazuki comes up, not some boys ones that comes up. You have to look at Momo Watanabe, who's having an unbelievable tournament, uh, just really uh, harkening back to her Queen's Quest days. So excellent stuff. We move on to the main event, Mayu Watani versus Ami Sori. Uh, we always mention, Rob, going into these tournaments when we do our previews, which one of these, for lack of a better term, undercard wrestlers is really going to shine out in this tournament. And we pegged Mariah May and Hana, and of course, they're having great tournaments. But Ami Sori is really ramping it up here. You know, with her match with Hazuki and her match with Mayu here, this was a really, really good match with Ami Sori just dominating Mayu early on in the match. Uh, but Mayu really making her work for her. Mayu is able to come back with some strikes and some super kicks. But then Ami Sori just uh, coming back with uh, really working on Mayu's back, locking in that high-angle Boston Crab, locking in the torture rack. We see some huge lariats back and forth and then planting Mayu with this huge blue thunder bomb if uh you like watching mayu take crazy bumps this blue thunder bomb that amisori hits poor mayu with thought she's gonna put her through the mat um 
really cool counter to the like a thunderbolt. Ami goes for the like a thunderbolt. Mayu is able to slip behind her, hits a really big super kick to the back of Ami Sori's head. Ami does a perfect cell job, basically doing a 180 cell right into the crucifix bomb from Mayu. Uh, Mayu then lands another huge kick. She goes for the moonsault, but she misses. Ami hits a huge corkscrew suplex for two count. If you remember when Ami Sori first came into stardom, that was her finisher. Uh, then she goes for the Like a Thunderbolt again for the second time. Mayu is able to escape and hit the Huracarana pin attempt for a three count. Again, a solid, solid match I had at four stars, but to try to go after Julian Momo and Azumi versus Mina, I thought maybe would have been better off if they had Julia versus Momo as the main event. But at the same time, I'll never sneeze at putting Mayu Iwatani in the main event. Again, to the shock of nobody, another solid card for stardom and another fantastic four five-star matches. It's funny you should talk about um, Momo Watanabe as having an underrated tournament, and I completely agree. I think she's been fantastic in this tournament. She seems to have found a groove that she not necessarily lost, but seemed to be searching for um, over the past couple of months, and she certainly seems to have found it during this tournament. Just keeps cracking out really, really good matches. Her match with Micah was really good as well, if you haven't already checked that out. Um, But for me, Amisori's having a really good tournament she was someone we highlighted during the preview show um, as someone who was effectively there to eat pinfalls. We didn't really see who, if anyone, she was going to beat. And actually, she's doing herself she's doing herself proud, really, with the matches that she's putting on. She's hanging with the likes of Mayu Iwatani, with um, Hazuki, with um, Suri, people like that. She is able to hang. She is able to be on that level and not feel like she's being carried to a match. You know, considering she only made a debut like three years ago, she's already a goddess of stardom champion or former. She's already a former future of stardom champion. And I think here we are seeing a real progression throughout that tournament. So yes, she might finish this tournament with four points, which I think is what she's on at the moment. But ultimately, it's not about the points that you finish on. It's about how well you do in ring. And I think Ami Sori is doing what Hannon did last year. And uh, in my opinion, she's certainly one of the MVPs of the tournament um, and certainly in the running for most underrated person in the tournament. Let's move on then to the next night of the five star in night 15. So we are moving to Saturday, the 9th of September 2023 in Kuroken Hall in Tokyo in front of 1,327 people. These two attendances from Corican and from the Yokohama Budokan for the Dream Tag Festival will certainly help to uh, sort of ease the uh, the poor number for the five star special in Hiroshima show because both numbers were were very very pleasing especially that dream tag festival number which where they drew over 1400 people which we'll talk about in a moment um with no tile matches and no singles matches i think that goes to show just how well they did um but in terms of this corrigan hall show nine fifteen of the tournament the results are as follows we opened with a tag team match hanako and mio amasaki defeating the queen's quest team of hina and lady c with mio amasaki winning in six minutes and 54 seconds with her modified crucifix pin which is called now are you ready it is called the Amano Hashidita 
No, let me try that again. The Amanohashidate. No, try again. Amanohashidate. I bless you. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly, I read it and I was like, I'm going to have to say that on the bloody podcast now. I swear, I swear they do it on purpose just because they know I'm going to butcher it. But that's what it is, her modified pin, and it's really cool. Um, tag team match followed. Megan Bain and May Sarah, possibly the most entertaining team on the undercard, defeated the Club Venus team of Mariah May and Waka Tsukiyama with Megan Bain pinning Waka in 8 minutes and 26 seconds with the F5. The God's Eye team then of Saki, Kashima, and Sturi defeated the Cosmic Angels team of Natsupoy and Yuna Mizumori, with Saki getting the pinfall over Yuna with the Kish Kasai in 8 minutes and 28 seconds. Uh, we have a six-woman tag team match following that. The Stars team of Mai Wiwatani, Kogama, and Momokogo defeating the Oeditai team of Fuki and Death, Nats, Katora, and Rina, with Mai Wiwatani submitting Rina in 7 minutes and 49 seconds with the modified Dragon Sleeper. We then move on to our four five-star matches. Um, in blue block, Sioriano moves to eight points, defeating Mirai, who stays on six points in 12 minutes and 42 seconds with pottering. Um, we then had in red block, Hazuki moving to six points and keeping her tournament hopes alive, defeating Starlight Kid, who stays on two points with the Hazuki Stral in 10 minutes and 19 seconds. We move then to another red block match. Suzu Suzuki keeping her own tournament alive by defeating Tam Nakano, who stays on seven points with the German suplex in 13 minutes and 24 seconds. And then in your main event, Julia moves to nine points, defeating Micah, who stays on five points in 12 minutes and 12 seconds with the Northern Lights bomb. Before we talk about these five-star matches then, Matt, what would you like to talk about in regards to the undercard? Um, the undercard was solid, again, just for the sake of time. If there is something we want to talk about the undercard is uh, how about that F5 to poor Waka? If I was in the front row of Cork and Hall, I thought that Megan Bain was tossing her into the front row because she, like, glided. She reminded me of Princess Peach in Super Mario <laughs> Brothers 2 where she does the glide. I was like, oh, geez, poor Waka. But, uh, yeah, the undercard was, was, was pretty solid. Is there anything from the undercard that you uh, really enjoyed, Rob Goodwin? I must admit, I know that we've spoken about it a couple of times, Megan Bain May Sarah versus Mariah May and Wakasukiyama is my match of the show that wasn't a five-star match. If you're going to go out of your way to watch the undercard, I'd watch that. I'd watch that match. Just the chemistry between Mariah and Waka, but also the chemistry between Mariah and Megan Bain, the chemistry between Megan and May Sarah, as I've already mentioned on this podcast, is phenomenal. Um, and also, I want to give a little bit of a shout-out to Hanako, who I think is really, really beginning to flourish. Um, I know that obviously at the moment she is the only rookie on uh, on the roster. As we had, we we started with three. We now have one because of Aya Sakura's injury, and the th- the third rookie who was supposed to be fighting Hazuki, but rather than fight Hazuki, has been injured. Um, I I can't even remember her name, which is uh, which is dreadful of me. But uh, I think as the sole rookie on the roster, she is really, really come on leaps and bounds. Um, she's really, really, really impressed me. Um, but overall, yeah, let's uh, we're here for the five star matches, and I think it's only fair that we start with 
what is one of my matches of the tournament. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed Sioriano and Mirai. Um the reversals that they were able to throw at each other, the pace they wrestled at, the way that Siori was able to manipulate everything that Mirai did into these weird and wonderful submissions, and the way that Mirai played to it as well. I thought these two had seamless chemistry, and that pottering move that um, Sioriano wins with is just beautiful. And the way that she ducks under the lariat, locks it in, and gets the win absolutely perfect i actually gave this four and a half stars i loved this match and considering it goes 12 minutes it is a thoroughly thoroughly enjoyable watch matt rob the very one of the very few times that you ranked the match higher than me i too loved it as well i actually had it four and a quarter stars i thoroughly enjoyed it as well and let's talk about the finish. Now, obviously, we watch every uh, Mirai match. Uh, one, we do a Stardom Cats podcast. Not sure if you're aware. but uh, <laughs> And obviously, because we absolutely love, she's a fantastic wrestler. But how we've noticed the last... Now, Mirai has always been throwing lariats. But how the the psychology, where she puts them in the match, and just the fierce nature she throws these, these lariats have amped up over the last three or four months, especially in this tournament. You know, she beats Julia with a huge lariat into a com- uh, pinning combination. She beat Konami uh, on, on uh, last week's show, the five-star special, um, with a huge, huge lariat. Thunderous. Um, it was one, yeah, thunderous. I even Stan Hansen was like, damn, kid, you know, it's a work. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> calm down, kid, you know. But uh, so the psychology of the finish, and I'm going to, you know, how I call my matches, I do the finish and work backwards. That's how I'm going to review this match is, Mariah with the lariats, and then she goes to throw that huge thunderous lariat where she's going to put a little bit more stank on it. If I'm going to steal a phrase from uh, good old JR, put a little more stank on that lariat. And obviously, Soriano has it, uh, Soriano has it scouted. And she not only ducks under it, but is able to use Mariah's momentum to go into that, uh, that pottering, or is what I call the uh, backslide from heaven for the three count. I thought the finish was very well done and very much like the Tam Suzu Suzuki match where we have the champion on the L. Is it just me, Rob, or did we get two title matches set up on this show? Because it's very well. 100%. And who's going to say no to Suzu versus Tam for the red belt? And Sayori versus Mirai for the white belt. Considering the fact that Mirai was like, okay, you beat me. It's almost like she gave the challenge to Sayori. Mm. It was like, I was, I was inches away. If I would have hit that lariat, no doubt about it, match was over. I've beaten Julia. I've beaten Kunami. I've beaten all these people with this crazy lariat. If I would have hit it, it would have been over. It's literally the point where she goes up to Sayori and shows the belt. And Sayori basically like just touches it. So it's like, okay, they wouldn't have done that in Cork and Hall with the cameras on if it wasn't lead to somewhere. So considering the fact that we have Mirai coming off the five-star, defending against Momo Watanabe and Sayori, I mean, fantastic. Yes, again, start and take my money. You already have it. But the uh, the one counter, and I saw this coming a mile away, as did everybody else, and I got no problem with that, is when Sayori went for the Tom's Tondra. I think I got that right. The Tom's Tondra. She goes for it. Tom Tondra. Tom she goes Tondra. for it. You know, <laughs> you know it's only about seven or eight minutes in the match, and you know the match is going, going to go a little bit longer because that's pretty much her go-to finish. You know it's going to get countered. And what's the easiest counter for Mirai? Well, you're pulling yourself into me. I'm just going to put my arm out and take your head off. Uh, we, I, brilliant. We saw, <laughs> we, we, we saw Tommy do with the same counter 
earlier on in the tournament, but this one just had a little bit more violence to it. Plus, it's Cork and Hall. Can we say how amazing Cork and Hall has been for these stardom shows over the last handful of months since they've been allowed for cheering? Like, it's literally their home base is Cork and Hall. They were so hot for all of these matches, especially these final five-star matches, which just adds to the atmosphere of the match. It makes the match better when you have a crowd invested like that. So she hits that just brutal, brutal clothesline, and the crowd was like, oh, jeez. Like, that was just thunderous. Uh, of course, and then early on the match, they're, they're uh, exchanging German suplexes, suplexes back and forth. Uh, Mirai hits that hammer lock overhead belly-to-belly suplex, the one that she almost killed poor Kunami with on this one. And that takes a lot of strength, you know, from your obliques and your legs and the way that Mirai is able to hit it and then to build towards her arm work on the match with Sayori. I thought the match was great. I thought Sayori using that beautiful step-up in Siguri as almost like a counter move. Uh, not only does she do it here, but she does it in a lot of her matches to get through some of the forms and some of the strikes to kind of create a little separation, you know, from, from Mirai, who's a fantastic submission wrestler. Yeah, everything about this match was great they held just a little bit back and i think the reason why is because we're going to get this match run back somewhere closer to 20 minutes for that wonder stardom championship but yes my friend i agree with you again four and a quarter stars fantastic match and a fantastic way to start these five-star matches in the legendary cork and hall i think it helps as well that seorianum just She's made of elastic. She's made of rubber. She's in the Mayu Iwitani mold of being able to sell these ridiculous power moves because she is so bendy. Um, the one thing for me is Mirai's had a sort of stop-start tournament. You know, just as she's building that head of steam, she went obviously 0-2 at the start of the tournament, and then, then she won 3 on the bounce, and now she's lost again. I would argue that this is probably her best match of the tournament, at least in my eyes anyway. Um, and obviously, you know, if you come into a tournament as a champion, you wrestle in a very different way because you know, whereas a loss, if you're not a champion, just sort of derails your momentum in the tournament. Here, every loss is of a potential challenge, which means that Mirai so far, she's already having to face, technically, Seoriano, um Mina Shirakawa, and who did she lose to on the opening night? Was it Momo? Momo, Momo, yeah, Momo. So uh, already she has got three challenges, and you do wonder how much of a mental game that does play when it comes to uh, tournament wrestling. But overall, like I say, absolutely tremendous wrestling. Sioriano just keeps her tournament hopes um, alive. It would take a miracle for her to win the tournament but she is not mathematically eliminated yet and we will go through where we stand in terms of block standings very shortly Rob, real quick before we go to the next match, I just want to say that uh, I appreciate how much you understand the psychology of going into these tournaments is different when you are a champion. So bravo, sir. I just want to put you over. So yes, when you are a champion, especially a singles champion in this tournament, your psychology of the match and the importance of the match is different and better. So thank you for pointing that out, my friend. I appreciate you. It's You're more than welcome because obviously, as we know, I have a lot of experience of wrestling, both as a champion and as a champion challenger he says sarcastically um let's move on then to hazuki and starlight kids and i saw obviously i saw quite a few people on uh on the old twitter talking about how you know it started slowly with the crowd brawl and then you know we went to a limb match however i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this match i thought this was great i thought starlight kids work on the leg and then 
realizing that she hadn't quite done enough to derail Hazuki and then desperately trying to claw back the momentum, but it was too late. Finally, at the end, it looks like she might be able to pull off the victory by locking in the Black Tiger leg killer. And that beautiful moment with Hazuki just inches away from the ropes, unmoving with her arm outstretched, I thought that was great. Hazuki's selling in this match, I thought was fantastic. The way she ran in to do that face wash kick and was basically just with every step holding her leg, beautifully done. Um, and the fact that she won the Hazuki Strahl, I thought that was perfect. She was getting worked over by Starlight Kid and I think it would have taken away from some of the limb work that Starlight Kid did if then Hazuki just popped up and beat her with a vertical drop brain buster. It worked really well that it was just a quick roll up as Starlight Kid was on there, was in charge of the match, worked really well. The psychology of the match was sound. Also, can we talk about how over Hazuki is? Like you you mentioned the Corican crowd, Matt, but they were so loud for Hazuki during this match. And I'm hoping beyond hope because the Hazuki train keeps on a rolling. Obviously, she needs to win every single match, including that pivotal match against Natsu on the final night. But hopefully, Hatman was there. Hatman heard just how over Hazuki is. We're all on the Hazuki train. She's going to win the five-star. Um, this is going to age really poorly if this comes out after another five-star night. She's lost. But doesn't matter. <laughs> overall i thought these two had uh, a really 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 good chemistry and i think it was helped by the fact that starlight kid was wrestling with just a little bit more anger and a little bit more edge because ultimately we talked about this a little bit last week starlight kid is sort of floundering at the moment you know a lot of people saw her as a potential spoiler in this block not only a potential spoiler but someone to challenge for the block not only that, she was one of the first eliminated. She still sits on two points, technically four now because of the um, win over Saya Kamatani, the um, the forfeit win. And she was out, like I say, relatively early in the tournament, if not the first one out of the tournament um, in red block. And, you know, that final night match against Mayu Iwatani suddenly has considerably less meaning. So here, perhaps there was a little bit of that frustration, a little bit of the whole, do you know what? I need to not only put my tournament back on track and sort of finish strongly, I need to put my year back on track because I would argue this is the stickiest patch Starlight Kid has seen since she turned to a weather timeout. You have to wonder, though, how much of uh, the booking had to be rebooked with uh, Sayakamatani getting injured. You know, I think we all pegged that Mayu and uh, Starlight Kid would have some sort of implication in that final night going into the final with Sai getting injured. They had to rebook everything. So maybe it was just a case of it's like, sorry, like Starlight Kid, we love you. You're fantastic. But the only way that this tournament makes sense and we can get to where we get to is she has to eat a whole bunch of L's. Again, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I'm going to uh, back up what you said, my friend. I know there are a lot of people on the Twitterverse, very much like Mina and Izumi, that didn't like the match for certain reasons. And uh, they said the same thing with Starlight Kid and Azuki. And maybe it's just me being me, but uh, you watch a completely different match than I did because I, the psychology of this match, again, for me, was Starlight Kid. Again, a wedding time's got a wedding time, right? <laughs> she jumps to that, at least Julia got her entrance, right? We got to hear her theme music, where it's like, you hear Starlight Kid's theme, and you're like, what's going on? And they just start fighting. I was like, we're not even wasting any time. We're not even, we're not wasting time with themes. Maybe they forgot Azuki's uh, C- the CD into the CD player of her theme. I don't know. I've been wrestling a long time. That's happened. But uh, 
so they just start with a crazy brawl. And then, uh, so yeah, you see Starlight Kid, she's angry. I'm out of this tournament. I, you know, I was so close to winning the Wonder Stardom Championship in the summer of last year. Um, you know, I, I can't believe again, the, the, the frustrations are showing from Starlight Kid that she just starts beating up Suzuki before even the entrance happens. So they must be fighting somewhere behind Cork and Hall. And again, this, like, a lot of people are like, I don't understand how it goes from wild brawl to limb work. Okay, I'm going to lay this out really, really easy for you. Starlight Kid jumps Suzuki. They start fighting all over Cork and Hall. They get to where the fan's entranceway is. And every time that I see that fan entranceway, I automatically think of Mayu and EO doing the moonsaults off that crossway, which is still crazy. So it's like, they get into there, and again, Hazuki has the jump, so she's beating on Hazuki. The problem with beating on Hazuki is you're beating on Hazuki. So eventually, Hazuki goes full Hazuki mode right by where Mayu and Io have done those dives and starts laying into Starlight Kid, where the psychology is, okay, I can't brawl with Hazuki anymore because I will die, right? That's pretty much it. Hazuki is going to take my head off. So what does she do? She goes to Hazuki's leg. And there's a part where she's locking in the Black Tiger leg crusher. And somebody sent me the picture. I think it was somebody that was actually at the show where Hazuki's like hanging in between like the 10th row and the 9th row. On the other side is Jun Kasai holding like a baby, like watching the match. <laughs> that, that was so cool. <laughs> like I was like, wow, Jun Kasai's just taking this in. So that's where it's like, okay, if you're starting like him, my psychology has to change. I can't go at Hazuki with a brawl mode because I will lose. I will get knocked out. I will not even make it back to the ring because it's Hazuki. My friend, as usual, you are 100% right. Starlight Kid goes in there, and she starts to do the boot scrapes to Hazuki. I'm like, you are going to pay for this, young Starlight Kid. She does Hazuki's own boot scrapes, even to the point where she gets the crowd involved. And you know it's going to turn out bad. Eventually, Hazuki changes the tide. And when she does the boot scrapes, she hobbles the entire time. Hits the boot scrape, goes back to selling of the knee. Literally to the point where it's just like, this company has so many great sellers that we don't even talk about. You know, we talk about the Mayus and the Utamis. But, like, let's talk about how great of a seller. Like, Saya Kamatai and Hazuki, who's a really good underrated seller, who brought her selling to, like, Ricky Morton level in this match. To the point where this crowd, again, partner, you said it perfectly, was so into Hazuki because of the selling, because she got jumped, because Starlight Kid was trying to get the early advantage. And they want to see Hazuki succeed. And they want her to go far in this tournament. They want her maybe even make it to the finals. Um, which I know my wife wants her to make it to the finals and win because she has her pick to win the whole tournament. And we will get into the shocking point uh, uh, exchange that happened on these three, on these two shows, my friend in a moment, but uh, yeah, it just get the ramps up the violence, the selling, the psychology back and forth. And I thought, Oh, Hazuki goes for the brain buster. She finally has Starlight Kid down, goes for the brain buster, but can't get her up all the way. Why? Because of the damage done to the knee. Starlight Kid is able to slip out. She goes for the Momo latch. However, Hazuki's able to dodge the Momo latch. Um, we do see Starlight Kid hitting back-to-back. I've never seen this. She does that cross-leg Northern Light suplex, but she does them back-to-back. She hits two in a row, and then she hits the uh, the uh, the twisting 180-degree uh, splash, but she does it to Hazuki's leg, and when when Starlight Kid hits the bump, you hear the bump echo in Cork and Hall, which must have great acoustics, because you hear that bump, and then Hazuki does like a mini sit-up, 
and grabs her leg, and you could just see the facial expression on her. Perfect sell, perfect point of the match. Starlight Kid goes back to the Lake Crasher submission, uh, and the fact that they took their time and they milked it. They could have easily gotten to the finish, but they milked it, milked it right to the way they had the crowd at the absolute peak for this match. Eventually, Hazuki is able to get out. They exchange roll-up back and forth, which Hazuki eventually gets on top, gets wrist control of Starlight Kid, the Hazuki Straffer 3. Again, I must have seen this match different than a lot of the people that were negative on this, and I'm sorry that you were, because I love the psychology. I love the storytelling. I love the never-say-die attitude of Hazuki, who this was a must-win situation for her and was able to pull out this win Four and a half stars, Rob. Love this match. Yeah, I gave it four and a quarter. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, You know, like you said, I can see why some people might be a little bit more reticent to actually enjoy the match or, you know, might see holes in it. That That's fair enough. You are entitled to like what you like. Personally, I loved it. And uh, the more chance we get to see Hazuki sell, I'm intrigued because we've seen her in these big matches and I want to continue to see her grow in this big match style proving that she can wear one of those big singles belts ultimately for Starlight Kid yes it has been uh, certainly a sticky patch but perhaps next year we'll see Starlight Kid sort of progressing towards that sort of top of the block and uh, a genuine chance of making it to the final because she is a phenomenal wrestler. Speaking of phenomenal wrestlers, Suzu Suzuki and Tam. Ama- amazing. Amazing. I'm so proud of you. I, I know. I know. Um, one thing I will say about Tam um, is that her theme music's rubbish. No. Um, uh, what- oh, how dare you, sir. <laughs> um, one thing I will say about Tam is that she does not, she will never be a selfish wrestler. Because no matter who she is in the ring with, she will literally bend herself in knots to make them look good. And there was a moment in this match, and everyone knows the moment that I'm talking about, that snapmare off the top rope, where she connects with the very, very edge of the apron. And the fact that Tam is willing to do that in the semi-main of a Corican, you know, she did the same in the main event of Yokohama Arena, but... To do it in a Corican, to put over Suzu Suzuki, to put herself in this amount of danger, and she is the world of stardom champion as well, I thought this really epitomised the way that Tam wrestles, and I love that. This was gritty, this was hard-hitting, this escalated beautifully to a fantastic closing stretch. I will never get sick of seeing Suzu Suzuki do those rolling German suplexes. They just look great. I love the fact that Tam escalated a game to a really brutal level. There was one moment where she hit the violet shooting, and you talked about the acoustics in Corrigan Hall. It sounded like gunfire the way she hit Suzu Suzuki with it. Ultimately, started a little bit rough, which I quite like because that's the way Suzu wrestles. Um, and Tam enjoys that sort of wrestling game anyway. You know, she's the entire crux, or one of the entire cruxes of her and Saya Kamatani's feud was that Saya's wrestling was too pretty. She wasn't willing to get down and dirty, whereas Tam was more than willing to do whatever it takes to win. And I think that became apparent here, even though she didn't win. But ultimately, re- another fantastic wrestling match, four and a half stars, again, 
perhaps match of the night, maybe on par with Sioriano and Marai. Again, Suzu Suzuki, every time she's in the ring, she feels like a star. And here, she felt like a star, Matt. I'm going to piggyback on what you said. You talked about Tam taking, you know, that bump and other bumps. And there's one point where the two of them are brawling on the top rope and Suzu gets the advantage to hit that half and half slam by stiffing Tam with the crazy stiff slap. I think Julia, who was her tag partner, uh, the very next night was like, hey, you're going to want to slap Tam as hard as humanly possible. That's my strategy to, to go into that match. But you've mentioned about Tam not being a selfish wrestler and you're absolutely right. The reason why, especially in this match, she's taking these bumps. She's going out of her way to make Suzu look good. Not at Suzu Suzuki. She can wrestle a broomstick, and it's going to be a great match. But just making sure she gets one or two up on over the current wonder of stardom champion is ultimately what does this do? This puts more emphasis in the rematch that's going to be for the world of stardom championship. I don't see any reason why it can't be. And then what did ultimately Tam do? She sold tickets. She sold pay-per-view buys. She sold YouTube subscriptions. She sold Stardom World subscriptions. Just by going out, being unselfish, and doing your job. When that rematch happens, I mean, this match was great. I think the rematch is going to be even better. I just hope the crowd, again, it's that Cork and Hall is just the loudest crowd for pro wrestling in Japan. And I could be wrong. It just seems Cork and Hall, especially for these Stardom shows, are molten hot. But if we get a version of this match with like five or six minutes uh, added on to it, and it'll be a bigger match because it is for the richest prize in all of Stardom, the world of Stardom Championship. It's just going to be more violent, uh, which is right up my alley because this was violent. It was stiff. It, the selling was great. The crowd was hot. It was back and forth. You did not know which way what it was going to go, but ultimately it was the two locomotion German suplexes back-to-back that does in Tam Nakano, and I got a feeling they're going to play off that when they run this one back for the world of stardom champion chip Rob Goodwin, I agree with you wholeheartedly four and a half stars. Absolutely loved it. You literally have just sold two championship matches, rematches in the last, uh, you know, just in these cork and hall, five-star matches. Brutal. Uh, yeah. Brutal. Bravo stardom. Bravo. Well done. And finally, we move on to our main event, Julia versus Micah. I loved the very different way that both women attacked the opening sort of parts of this match. Julia, from the moment she entered Corrigan Hall, looked like she did not want to engage with Micah, didn't want to wrestle. Micah didn't want to hurt Micah, whereas Micah went at her all guns blazing. And by the end, she'd incited this anger that we know Julia has, this red rag nature that Julia has overall. You want a Micah versus Julian match. You want hard hitting. You want bombs being thrown. You want heavy, heavy moves. And that's ultimately what this was. It was also a chance for Micah to prove herself. Because as Suzu said, when she came out at the end, you know, Julia had already pinned Micah in this generational struggle um, sort of series, which seemed to fall by the wayside. In this uh, in this show, people seem to completely forget that this was supposed to be part of the generational struggle series as well. Um, but you know, the fact that Micah can't get the job done again, you know, and you can see that anger and that frustration—not at Julia, but at herself—that she can't get the job done to the point where Julia, at the end of the match, she's putting over Micah, saying, "You know, you are." 
one of the best wrestlers in this company and the fact that you're on my team is a massive massive comfort to me and i thought that was a big thing at the end before we had a fantastic closing segment with the uh, artist of stardom challenge which we'll talk about in a moment but overall this is exactly what you expected and even though you could see that julia was wincing because you know i've bruised my coccyx it is not pleasant everything hurts and the fact that she's taking bloody superplexes um and things like that with an injured like tailbone unbelievable strength um but overall another fantastic match julia gets the win again micah not quite eliminated she needs to win every match she's got left can it be done we will see matt what did you think of this match I thought it started out great with the grappling. Again, Julia's grappling is one of the more underrated aspects of her offense. Obviously, Micah has that background in judo. So, nice little start with the grappling. Eventually, uh, seems like majority of these matches, it spills out to the floor. But you mentioned all these bumps that Julia takes. She took a stalling suplex, not only onto the floor, which has no give, but on top of a pile of chairs as well. So it's like you're getting like double the bump there. I mean, Julia really went out of her way to give Mike a great match here. And I and Julia and Mike are both so good that they could have still had a really excellent match with Julia avoiding some of these big bumps. But uh, again, Julia really going out of her way to put over, you know, make her fellow DDM uh, team member look good. Yeah, she took superplexes, those big stalling Holly Ray style uh, suplexes that uh, Micah does pretty much better than just about anybody in all pro wrestling. She took this crazy, crazy Kawada style powerbomb as well. So it's like, yeah, sure, why not at this point? Um, it's a really cool spot where Micah goes for the Mijinoku driver and Julia is able to roll through it and then rolls all the way into the Indian deathlock, which we've seen Julia win matches at last year's five-star with. And the two of them are just kind of just sit up and start slapping each other and almost as much as Hazuki with the crowd getting behind Hazuki Micah was like a half a shade below Hazuki as the most over person on this show because uh, they were really really rallying behind Micah to maybe get pull off the upset win over Julia who uh, you know in the main event of Cork and Hall of this five-star show um, it was that one spot that the crowd really bit when um Julia had the Ganasuke clutch on to Micah, but then Micah's able to shift her weight and then have Julia's shoulders down on the mat. And a lot of people bit and cork and all thought that was going to be the finish. Um, Julia comes back, hits a huge G-trigger. And this is the genius of Julia. She hits this G-trigger. Instead of going right for, like, the next move, she takes her time because she realizes the crowd, when she cracks Micah with the G-trigger, are molten hot behind Micah. So she waits to get the crowd. It's called crowd psychology. She waits to get the crowd to that fever pitch instead of going to the next thing. You know, let it settle. Because if she picks Micah up and going for the next move, all the Micah chants are kind of kind of die down a little. So she waits to go to the next move until she they have a crowd at a certain point. Eventually, the two of them fight on the top rope, have a brutal, brutal uh, brawl on the top rope. Julia hits a really cool combination of the top rope butterfly suplex and is able to hang on to a transition that into the northern lights bomb for the three count um i gave this one this is another one four and a half stars robin i don't know how i would rate these like if you asked me what was my favorite match of the show i think you'd have a different answer between tam and suzu between julie and micah and between hazuki and starlight kid and i think the fact that you had mariah and soriano ano probably as your favorite just goes to show you how great the show was yeah absolutely it really really was a thoroughly enjoyable and relatively short show as well and it's 
you know, we're going to talk about the pay-per-view in a moment that was also, it was only just over three hours long, um, which was really quite nice and refreshing, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, but before we get on to that, there was obviously an Artist of Stardom Championship Challenge where Micah really lets the frustration go on top of her when Suzu Suzuki comes out and basically starts baiting her about how she's lost again. They start arguing with each other um, and Micah makes an impromptu challenge for the artist belt by saying, yeah, well, I'm going to get my revenge when we go for the artist belt. Suzu Suzuki's got no idea what she's talking about and is like, why have I got a team with you? Because I said, and it becomes very much like two arguing children um, and they're talking over each other. Then they're yelling at each other, yelling at the crowd, yelling at Julia. Julia is just in the background going, what is happening? Um, at one point, she just lies down and waits for it to all pass over. Julia says, you do realize you're going to need a third person, don't you, to challenge for the belts? And at the same, at this point, I was like, oh, this could go one of two ways because the Corican crowd started chanting for May Sarah. And I, by this point, knew who it was going to be. And I was like, oh, I really hope they react well to this. And they did because the way Micah and Suzu Suzuki finally came together and said, Megan at the same time and everyone cheered everyone chanted for Megan she didn't come out and Julia went you do realise she's got no idea what you're talking about she doesn't even know this is going to happen and uh, <laughs> Susan goes yeah it's fine I'll explain to her later um, which I thought was really funny um, overall this entire exchange was extremely entertaining um, but that means that we have ready for that Nagoya show on the 9th of October we have the artist of stardom champion Julia Suzuki Julia, May Zachary, and Tekla taking on Megan Bain, Micah, and Suzu Suzuki. That's going to be a very, very interesting matchup. Looking at the five star Grand Prix, good grief. Red Block is relatively simple compared to Blue Block. Basically, we are now at a point where if you lose a match, you are eliminated. The only people actually eliminated are Sayakamitani, unfortunately, through injury, Starlight Kid, Amisori, and Mayu Iwatani. They are the only people eliminated. Now, Tora only has one match left. She's currently on 12 points. Everybody else is still in with a shot. Natsupoy on nine points, Suri on nine points, Tam on seven, Suzu Suzuki on six, and Hazuki on six. The 23rd of September is pivotal. Suzu Suzuki versus Hazuki. The loser is eliminated should Hazuki beat Natsupoy. Um, especially as Suzu Suzuki has two points in the bank because she was supposed to be taking on Sayakamitani on the final night. So effectively read that Suzu Suzuki is on eight points. Hazuki, if she beats Natsupoi, which I believe is on the 16th, which I think is in Hiroshima, um, not Hiroshima, Fukuoka, which is, of course, Hazuki's hometown. If she is to beat Hazu um, Natsupoi, then beat Suzu, she is in with a real, real chance of getting through to that final night and going on to the final. It's a big, it's a big, big if. I mean, if you look at who she's got left, she's got Natsupoy on the 16th, Suzu Suzuki on the 23rd, and Natsukatora on the 30th. It is a big ask, but she is capable of doing it. Suri, meanwhile, has got Tam on the 20th, Starlight Kid on the 24th, and Amisori on the 30th. So Tam and Starlight Kid 
need to pull it out of the bag there. Natsupoy has got Hazuki, Amisori, and Tam left. I can see Tam beating Natsupoy on the final night to stop Natsupoy going through. Um, lots and lots of different permutations in red block. Blue block is all over the place because you have got Utami, who's on eight, Julia, who's on nine. But Utami can get a maximum of 14. Julia can only get a maximum of 13. You've then got five wrestlers, six wrestlers, no, five wrestlers, who are all sitting with three wins, three losses, and six points. Mirai, Mariah May, Mina, Momo, and Azumi are all sitting at three and three, and are all can only get a maximum of 12 points. Now, if Julia wins her next match, which, unless I'm very much mistaken, is against Mina? No. Azumi, Azumi. on the 20th, right? Yes, Azumi, you're right. So if she beats Azumi, that moves her to 12, which eliminates Azumi, eliminates Mina, I believe. I believe it eliminates Mariah May. It eliminates a whole raft of people. Um, the same with Utami. If Utami wins, that eliminates a couple of people as well. Micah, who is currently sitting on five points, second to bottom of the block, two wins, two losses, one draw. She can still get a maximum of 13 points, but she needs to beat everybody she's got left to be in with a shot. If she wins every match she's got left, but so does Utami, she's out. And obviously, having lost to Julia, if she wins every match and Julia wins every match, Mike is out because she's lost the tiebreak. So, as we get closer to the tournament's final on the 30th of September, we are no clearer as to who is going to win the tournament or who is even going to be in the running at the end because it could be a lot of people, it could be two people. Who knows? But uh, hopefully at the end of our next podcast where we've had two more nights from the 16th and the 17th, um, the 16th, as I mentioned, in Fukuoka and the 17th in Saga City, hopefully we will have just a little bit more of an idea of who is going through to the final and who goes into that final night with a chance. And the 18th, in case if it's up on time, too. We have shows on the 16th, 17th, and the 18th this week, buddy. So strap on in, brother. <laughs> well, we record on the 20th. The chances of that 18th show being up before we record is very slim. Um, the 16th and the 17th are a possibility. If by some miracle people from Stardom are listening, please try and get them up early so we can, re so we can review them. Um, but I can't, I can't see the 18th being up in time. But we'll see. We'll see. Let's talk then, because I'm uh, a little bit wary of the time. Uh, let's talk about this Dream Tag Festival. Um, uh, Sunday the 10th of September 2023, Yokohama Budokan, in front of, as I mentioned, 1,479 people, which was the official attendance. Um, this, considering, to me anyway, this seemed like a little bit of a throwaway show. I am so glad I was wrong because this show was a tremendous amount of fun to watch. Yes, there were teams that were sort of thrown together. However, because of the way it's fallen, you had every single match had 
different dynamics, had different psychology. You had got whether Mina and Tam could coexist after everything that's happened there. You had Hina and Rina, the sisters. Can they fight against Mariah and Mei Sakurai, who fight completely different battles and fight in completely different styles? You've got Hannon and Mariah May, who have embraced this tag team dynamic so much that they dressed as each other and, in the process, were the most entertaining thing. You've got Momo Kogo and Momo Watanabe. Momo Watanabe wanting absolutely nothing to do with Momo Kogo at all, refuses to acknowledge her tag her in all sorts. So there's that dynamic there. You had the, oh my God, the tag team dynamic between Nanai Takahashi and Ruwaka, which was so similar. Nanai Takahashi coming out, passion, 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 dragging out this sullen-faced Ruwaka like Kirsty dragging me around a shopping centre looking at cushion <laughs> covers. It was incredible. Ruwaka wanting absolutely nothing to do with it, given this towel that... that... I want that video, folks. I want that man in video. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that Ruwaka had to come out with this towel that said Nanai Takahashi on it and she just sort of held it in her arm like I hate my life brilliant then you just had this brutal slugfest between Julia Suzu Suzuki Micah and Utami of course you've just had Julia beat Micah in the five star you've got all the history between Julia and Suzu Suzuki can they coexist can they fight together and then of course you've got the future of stardom in Azumi and Starlight Kid and Mayu Iwatani and Saki Kashima who have done everything together, have won the tag gold together, have turned on each other in the case of Saki Kashima, and still do not trust each other and will not work together. It made for, yes, there was only six matches on the main card, but they were six incredibly different matches, an incredibly cool dynamic in all of these matches. I'll just read through the results and then we'll sort of go through. But we started with our pre-show gauntlet tag. This aired for free on YouTube with the team of Megan Bain and Meisera defeating Amisori and Suri, Lady C and Miyu Amasaki, Kogama and Sayaida, and Wakasukiyama and Yuna Mizumori in 13 minutes and 10 seconds with them last eliminating the Queen's Quest team of Lady C and Miyu Amasaki. Um... On the main card, we then had the reunited Dream H team, Tam Nakano and Mina Shirakawa versus, or oh, defeating the tag champs, Natsupoy and Siori Anu, or Siori Ano, I will continue to get it right. Tam Nakano pinning Natsupoy with the Andromeda in 12 minutes and 32 seconds. Uh, May Sakurai and Mirai then defeated Hina and Rina in 11 minutes and 50 seconds with Mirai pinning Hina with the Miramare, sorry, pinning, submitting Hina with the Miramare in 11 minutes and 50 seconds. Hannon and Mariah May then defeated Double Momo, Momokogo and Momo Watanabe by disqualification when Momo Watanabe decided she'd had more than enough of teaming with Momokogo and just went nuts with a baseball bat. Um, Hazuki and Natsukatora teaming together for the first time in what must be five years. Um, no, it's not. It's four years since 2019, the Oeda Tai days. Um, defeated Nanai Takashi and Ruwaka with Hazuki pinning Ruwaka after a diving sent on in 14 minutes and 56 seconds. It's stardom, so we've got to have one of them. Julia and Suzu Suzuki versus Micah and Jutami Hayashishita went to a 20-minute time limit draw. And then in our main event, we had the tag team match, Azumi and Starlight Kid defeating Mayu Iwatani and Saki Kashima. Azumi rolling through 
and pinning Saki with the Azumi Sushi in 15 minutes and 24 seconds. Before I throw to Matt for his opinion on some of these matches, it's worth noting that we also had quite a few announcements through this show. Kyrie turned up as they announced that she would, and she basically said that she has got one more stardom match in her, um, and she put the challenge out to the locker room. Uh, three people came out. Hazuki, Sayaida, and Kogama basically came out and said, we will challenge you. So Kairi needed partners. Nanai Takahashi came out, reuniting seven Kairi, and then Mayu Iwatani was asked to join them. So Kairi's final match in stardom has been made official for Nagoya, which we'll go through the card in a moment. And it's going to be Kairi, Nanai Takahashi, and Mayu Iwatani versus Hazuki, Sayaida, and Kogama. Um, and then after Julia and Suzu Suzuki's match, prominence. Um, who we've already mentioned as entering the tag league, Risa Seira and Kurumi Hiragi. They are going to be entering the tag league, having attacked not only Julia, but Suzu Suzuki after the match. And Micah actually had to make the save post-match, lariating Kurumi properly hard in the back of the head. But overall, Matt, this was three... I think, it, I think the total runtime of the entire show was something like three hours and six minutes. And this was a tremendous amount of fun. There is not one match on here that I would say, yeah, skip that. You don't need to watch that. Every single match bore its own little identity to the show. And it was so much fun because of it. Yeah, I forgot to mention, I'm just going to hit the rewind button just two seconds here. Uh, as far as five-star picks goes, myself and Amber are both tied at 29. So, oh boy, it's heating up everywhere, sir. It's heating up everywhere. Um, I kind of just want to start with the big Kyrie announcement. Um, a lot of people, when she when she did, I think it was about a day or two before the show, Rob, they mentioned Kyrie was going to be on the show for some sort of announcement. I think a lot of people thought we were going to get that dream match of Kyrie and Julia. Obviously, we didn't. It's a little bit disappointing. Uh Again, but this is going to be a fantastic match. I'm super excited for it. Would I have rathered a singles match with Kyrie versus Hazuki, which it looked like that's what we were going to get, or Kyrie versus Julia, sure. But at the same time, you want to reunite the seven Kyrie. You want to reunite part two thirds of the freedom of the you know two of the three daughters, and you're getting all that in one match, and you're still going to get Hazuki over. You're going to get Kagama over, and you're going to get Saida over. As well, the fact that Saida, who we are massive fans of on the show, is going to get Kyrie's final match in stardom for now. Who knows? She may be back in a year or two. Uh, that's a really, really big rub for her. So um, I thought for how when I was watching this, when they first called somebody out, the fact that Hazuki was so far up front from Kagama and Saida that I thought it was just going to be a singles match until they mentioned that, no, we're going to do a six-person match. I'm like, well, who is the two partners going to be? I'm like, obviously, it's got to be Nanai, and it's got to be Mayu. I thought that was pretty clear, and that's what we got. I am super excited for this match. I'm excited to see where it's going to go, considering the fact that it looked like on paper that it would be Kyrie pinning Saida for this match. But at the same time, Kyrie's leaving to go back to WWE, allegedly. So usually they do the right thing on putting somebody over. I would not be shocked if Hazuki hits the brain buster and pins Kyrie to uh, send Kyrie back over to the States and to get more of a rub on Suzuki. I don't know how the match is going to go. 
I think it's going to be great. I also think it's worth mentioning that when Nanai got in the ring and she grabbed the microphone and started yelling that Kyrie sold it. Like, oh my God, you're so loud. And typical Nanai fashion. And in typical Mayu fashion, they're calling Mayu out. And she's like half getting changed and comes out from some random entranceway and almost trips over herself. I thought that was great. She's brilliant. She really is. The fact that she was still getting changed on her way out as well really epitomized Mayu <laughs> Ibatani. Um, but Matt, these shows, oh, sorry, these matches, um, what did you think? What were your ratings? What should people go out of their way to check out? I know we're, I know we're about 10 minutes, my man, so I'll try to run through this. I, enjoy, I thought the fact that the matches came up and we were getting Dream H versus the Tag Champs to start, I thought it was brilliant, a really good way to get the crowd you know, hot for this show. I thought that it was great that Tam and Natsupoy couldn't help themselves, even though they're on opposite teams, but to do the opening melt-tier spot on the Mina Shirakawa, I thought that was great. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. This was probably my third favorite match of the show. I had it at four stars, and I liked it how we all did the Cosmic Angels dance at the end, and then Mina was, like, staring at Tam's belt, which then may give the door opening and hinting to a little that maybe it is a possibility that Mina Shirakawa walks away as the winner of the five-star Grand Prix to challenge Tam Nakano for the red belt. So that is a good possibility. Another wrench into where he started him going at the end of this five-star. I thought this made it uh, so much better. So I thought that was good. Um, I thought uh, Mariah May Sakurai, they worked really well together so well that they're tagging in the tag league. I thought it was a solid match against the Twins. I had it three and three-fourth stars. Also, I enjoyed it. I'm sure you probably enjoyed it more than anybody that uh, Sakurai cut her after match, after match oh promo my God. on it Rena when Rena, <laughs> when Rena was locked in the paradise lock. I thought that was good. Not only did uh, she sit on her whilst um, Mirai submitted Hina with the mirror. She, her her twin sat, sister. Her twin sister. <laughs> but then sat on her for ages cutting this promo honestly it seems like ages we've seen since we've seen may sakura i don't know if she's been injured but she hasn't been on the cards for a long time this felt like the first time we've seen her in ages and i actually forgot she was an artist of stardom champion that's how long i haven't seen her in but she just she's another one who has improved tenfold and actually was one of my one of my favorite parts of this entire show not during this match which we'll get to in a little bit. Please continue. So we go to match number three. Again, Hannah Mariah May just completely turning the show on its heels, doing something different. You have to think outside the box in order to stand out. Um, and that's what Hannah Mariah May did. They switch outfits. I was like, I didn't know if that was going to fit because Mariah May is so much taller than Hannah, but it did. And even Hannah broke out of her shell a little bit, basically embraced her sexy side, for lack of a better term. And was doing a lot of the Mariah May stuff, which Mariah May sold like, oh, 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 Han, I didn't know that you were going to do that. Momo Kogo, who's fantastic. She comes in. She looks great. She has a good opening scene. And the fact that Momo Watanabe put up with all of this BS for about 45 seconds. <laughs> um, I don't like DQs in matches, especially for like pay-per-views. But this was perfect to the point. Again, you have Han and Mariah May just, you know chucking it up, yucking it up, and they were fantastic together, not only in the entrance, and they switched outfits, but in the ring, and Momo Kogo is doing the best she can, but it gets to the point, Momo Watanabe, who for, who's the senior in this match, right, you know, former, you know, 
former finalist of the five star, former uh, wonder stardom champion. It gets to the point where she's like, I'm having none of this and just beats everybody with a baseball bat. The DQ made perfect sense. Like when you just see Momo wants to be just getting so pissed off and so frustrated. I'm like, if this ends in a DQ with Momo just beating up everybody up with a baseball bat, this is going to be one of the best DQ finishes I've seen in a long time. So I thought it was great. Three and a half stars. But yeah, Han and Mariah May really ducking it up. Um, the return of a tie, Hazuki, basically a nod to her tie gear, half black, half white, kind of looked like I saw some uh, pictures back and forth with her and Kagetsu. So um, maybe a little uh, a little nod to her former leader of a tie with Kagetsu. But Tora and Hazuki were brilliant in this match together, very violent. Uh, obviously, Ruaka brings it. Uh, Nene Takahashi brings it as well. I thought this match was really good. Uh, I, I like the double mist. The fact that they did uh, double tour and double uh, Hazuki mist that led to the finish. Really, really solid match. Uh, Hazuki and Tora, if they do this again, I would love to see them team up again. I, even though they worked well together, Rob, as a tag team, I wouldn't like to see them as a permanent tag team. I think Tora is the best p- pure heel in stardom, and Hazuki so over of a baby face, hence the Cork and Hall show that I wouldn't like to see Hazuki turn back to a wet tie because she's just so over as a fiery baby face. Uh, three and three, four stars. Match number five, my favorite match of the show, uh, Utami and Micah versus Julia and Suzu Suzuki. You knew it was on when Julia's coming to the ring with the table and Suzu's coming in with a chair. And it was not to eat Thanksgiving dinner, my friend. It was to use for certain violent points. Um, I, was, I, I, I was critical on one point in this match, but the fine folks of uh, Twitter world, X world. They were able to tell me that I was wrong to the point where they, um, Micah and Utami have the advantage on Julia and Suzu Suzuki and Utami basically waters boards Suzu Suzuki with a rose gold tequila. Now I don't know how it is over there in England, Rob, but over here in the States, you have to be 21 to drink. So I was like, Ooh, I was like, I wonder if this is a felony that she's getting a minor. Suzu Suzuki is only 20 years old getting a minor to drink, but I was corrected that you only have to be 20 to have a legal drink in Japan. So it was A-OK. Nobody was arrested, and the five-star is saved. Because if Utami would have gone to jail and maybe missed the rest of the five-star because she's corrupting the youth of America. Um, so she didn't corrupt <laughs> the youth of America, but she did corrupt the uh, the bodies of uh, Julian Suzu Suzuki, yeah, because this was absolutely brutal in the best ways possible, violent in every which way. And then we saw stereo pile drivers through the tables, um, really good closing sequence with everybody hitting their big moves. You know, Tommy hitting the torture rack bomb. We saw Micah hitting the uh, the Michidoku driver, Tequila Sunrise, Julia um, hitting the uh, Glorious driver, and then them, them, basically the four of them, running the tank out, the tanks out on empty, excuse me, hitting the suplexes back and forth, the German suplexes. Eventually it goes to the time limit draw, as I knew it should, and it would, four and a quarter stars. And then this main event. Starlight Kid and Izumi, the Eternal Foes. If this is your first time watching Stardom, you would think they weren't Eternal Foes, but they were Eternal Tag Team Partners because these two look like they were just having the most fun of all time. You know, they had matching masks outside of the fur around the uh, Starlight Kid-style mask. They even did, like, a crazy high-speed entrance where I was like, there's nobody else in the ring. Are they going to arm-drag each other, do a high-speed spot against each other like they can't help themselves? Um, I loved Mayu and Saki Kashima, how it's like, okay, we're going to start the match, we're going to start out fast. And everybody runs at each other, considering the fact that everybody at one point in time have held, held the high-speed championship and that Sayakamatani, Saki Kashima, is the current high-speed champion. So they go to run at each other, and then next thing you know, Saki Kashima's in the second row <laughs> watching Mayu get her ass kicked. <laughs> so I thought that was, you just can't, she, poor Mayu just can't trust her. 
just can't trust her. But uh, really good action back and forth between the two teams. There's one awesome spot. That. There's more than one awesome spot in this match, but the timing of this spot is just blows my mind how they're able to time this right. Azumi's biggest high impact move, or her big high spot, is when she does that running jump from corner to corner and then just leaps over the post on her opponent. And then Starlight Kid, in my opinion, her big you know high spot move is that Asai moves out that she does also perfectly to the outside. The fact that they hit them at the same time on the same side of the ring so flawlessly, it was like they had to be practicing that for months. They had to be jonesing at like, hey, hey, hat man, look what we can do. Put us <laughs> in a tag match together. We've wrestled each other a thousand times. I thought it was brilliant. I thought uh, Mayu, her comeback just with the stiff super kicks and dropping everybody on her head were great. I thought the breaking up of the falls were terrific. I thought Saki and Azumi going back and forth, trading the Kishika size into the Azumi Sushis was great, but ultimately it was Azumi with the double Azumi Sushi for the three count. I had it at four and a quarter stars. Ultimately, my friend, the fact that we're in the middle of this five star, we have fantastic champions all over the board for stardom, and there was not one title match, not one five star match, and this was more than worth my money. And I'm so glad they drew almost 1,500 people in this, and the show got nothing but rave reviews. I hope they do a show like this every year. 100%. It was something different. Every wrestler embraced it. We had stories going into it, maybe not major title going storylines, but we had, you know, it felt like you were rewarded for being a long term fan, you know, or fans that had watched, you know, so you were able to see that Mina Shirakawa is not going to be friends with Tam Nakano just because they're teaming together, or the fact that pardon me, the fact that Momo Watanabe is going to be absolutely fine teaming with Momo Kogo. You know, there's all these little things that sort of just fit really, really well together. It felt like every single wrestler threw themselves into it. I thoroughly enjoyed this show. I'd actively encourage anyone to just go and watch it. Go and watch every match. It's incredibly fun. And none of them go ridiculously long. Obviously, the 20-minute time limit draw, but nothing else touches 18 minutes. So go and check it out. It's not wor- It's definitely worth your time. That one moment, I will just end on this, that one moment in Julia and Suzu Suzuki versus Micah and Utami, and I'd love to go through every match spot for spot, but uh, there's one moment where they're both being pile-driven through tables, and one table collapses, and then the other table... Um, Julia goes through it. And May Sakurai, <laughs> go and watch this spot and just watch May Sakurai's reaction. It is the most hilarious thing I've ever seen in my life. Please, I implore you, if you've already watched this show, just go back to the table spot. Don't watch the tables. Don't watch Julia. Watch May Sakurai. It's my moment of the show. It is brilliant what a way to sell the brutality of it um let's move on then to the card for nagoya golden five that's been announced i'm just going to whip through that really really quickly this is obviously going to happen on the 9th of october one full week after the five-star Grand Prix finals. The card is as follows. UWF rules Suri versus Mina Shirakawa. Um, We've got the special 
Kyrie ret- retirement in inverted commas match. Kyrie Mayu and Nanai Takahashi versus Suzuki Kogama and Saya Ida. High speed championship match. Saki Kashima versus Mei Seira. The artist of stardom belts are on the line, as we mentioned earlier. Julia May Sakurai and Tekla taking on Micah, Suzu Suzuki, and Megan Bain. Um, the goddesses of stardom championships as well. Sayori Anu and Sayori Ano. Come on, Rob. And Natsupoi, the champions taking on Utami and Azumi. Wonder of Stardom Championship on the line. Obviously, we talked a little bit about Momo Watanabe. She did make a um, challenge to Mirai for the Wonder of Stardom Championship, having beaten her earlier in the five-star. She is cashing in that opportunity here in the semi-main. And then the main event, the World of Stardom Championship. Tam Nakano, the champion, defending against Nat Sukatora. Uh, Matt, very, very quickly before we sign off, do you see any titles changing hands? Uh, no. Awesome card. <laughs> I we, 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 we know we got to get you out in about two minutes, partners. So, uh, no, awesome card. We'll have a full preview in the upcoming weeks. Um, it is worth noting as well, something I didn't mention during the news is that Momokogo, Lady C, and Miyu Amasaki will be absent from some of the upcoming shows um, due to varying injuries and niggles. I don't know about you, but I saw Miyu Amasaki at the Corrigan Hall show basically held together just by tape. And then May Sakurai is also going to be absent from some shows. So I'm wondering if she wasn't fully fit, um, ready for that Dream Tag show. So those are going to be missing from the upcoming cards. I, obviously, both of us. Uh, hope nothing but the best for them and hope for a speedy recovery for them. Just before we sign off, um, Saturday, September 16th, Fukuoka, the next night of the five-star Grand Prix, we'll see Micah versus Suzumi, Hazuki versus Natsupoi, and Tam versus Ami Sori. And then the following day on the 17th, you've got Suzu Suzuki versus Ami Sori, Mirai versus Mariah May, and then Hanan versus Momo Watanabe. Don't forget, it's basically a case now of if you lose, you are out. Um, just so that you are aware, final thing from me. I'm going to put a little taster of our alternate commentary on Twitter this week so you can watch two minutes of us doing some alternate commentary for Mina and Tam just in case you want to see what we're like and how we do things over on Patreon and it might you know, in case you want to come and uh, watch us on a weekly basis and more interviews are coming to the Stardom cast. Can't wait to share with you what Matt in particular has got planned. But I just wanted to say thank you to everyone that has listened to this podcast, um, whether you're listening today or whether you're a long-time listener. Thank you. Your support literally means everything to us. Uh, if you haven't subscribed already, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Um, if you can leave us a five-star review and a comment on the um, on the podcast app of your choice, I did go through some of the ones that we've got, especially in America. Oh my God, there's loads. I did not expect there to be that many. So thank you to everyone that has already. Can't tell you how much that really helps us out and gets us exposed to more people. Um, you can find us on social media at The Stardom Cast. Thank you to all our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash The Stardom Cast. Check out our YouTube channel, um, The Stardom Cast. And uh, yeah, if you want to talk to me on Twitter, you can find me it's at Real Rob Goodwin. Matt Turner, sign us off, good sir.
Absolutely, folks. Uh, we will do double Io Shirai watch next week. Uh, again, again, we, have, we need to get Mr. Rob Goodwin out of here so he can get to his football slash soccer match on time. So we'll double up on the EO next week. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me on the Twitter, the Instagram, the X, Matt Turner OF is the best way to get a hold of me. You want to shoot me an email, perfectly fine as well. The Starcast22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me via email, folks. Don't forget to buy poi. Uh, like I always say, folks, it's just not my <laughs> podcast, it's our podcast. Because we're all this together, and everybody's different, everybody's special. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.